Well, there was a guy that woke up one morning and his house had been graffitied. And he walked out and he, he got furious. So he called his doctor and he said, hey, my house got graffitied last night. And the doctor said, why are you calling me? He said, I can't read the writing. It had to be you. Um, so, so if Cindy's house ever gets graffitied, she's going to call, Pastor, I can't ever read your writing. It must have been you. Um, well, we're going to talk this morning a little bit about judgment. In Matthew chapter 25, we're going to start in verse 31. If you have the Version Bible app, the notes are in there. If you hit the events tab, you can follow along there. Also, I gave some, some handouts in Spanish. I hope all the words are right. Um, so if any of the, our Spanish families want those. Matthew chapter 25, we're going to start in verse 31. So now if you remember, we had just talked about <laughs> Jesus gave the parable of the talents. Of a master went on a long trip, he gave bags of silver to his servants and said, I want you to take these and use them to advance my causes while I'm gone. And, and two gained more, and he said, well done. And one hid them and didn't do anything with them, and he called them wicked and lazy uh, because he wouldn't serve. Well, in the next passage here, he shares in verse 31, when the Son of Man comes, that's Jesus, in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence. He will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. I have to understand. In those days, a lot of times goats would get mixed in with the flocks of sheep that shepherds had. And they would separate them because the sheep were worth more than the goats. So they would separate them out and say, no, don't come in here and mess with my sheep. You leave. So he said he would separate them as a sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for what? For you, since the creation of the world. Did you catch that? The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For when I was hungry, you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, well, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, whenever you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it for me. Or you did it to me. Then the king will turn to those on his left and say, away from you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for who? The devil and his demons, right? For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger. You didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they'll reply, Lord, when do we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I will tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Now, I'm going to be honest. This passage always really baffled me. Because on the surface, it sounds like Jesus is saying, if you do enough good things, you get into heaven. But if you don't, you go to hell. That's kind of what it looks like, right? But really, when you start looking at it, that's not at all what this passage is saying. Because we understand that you don't earn salvation by doing good stuff. And you don't lose it by not. It's all based on what? Faith, relationship with him. 
So let's look at this passage and see what this is really sharing with us. So Lord, I pray this morning you would help us to understand your word and apply it to our hearts. But would you open it up to us today in Jesus' name? Amen. So let's look. Well, the first thing we see here is that there is a reality of judgment. Guys, there will be a judgment at the end of time. This is saying at the end of days, we're all going to be judged. And what are we going to be judged on? A relationship with him. In 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 57, Paul says, Let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will be happen in a moment. So we're all going to be changed. We're all going to see him. And Revelation 20, verse 4, talks about this judgment. Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. John is seeing a vision of heaven. He says, Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on the forehead. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So we'll see that there is going to be a judgment on those days. Now, this judgment is judgment of location. All right? This judgment tells us whether we go to heaven or we go to hell. And what determines if we go to heaven or hell? What is it? It's a relationship with Christ. Now, how many times have you talked to someone and say, well, I just hope my good outweighs my bad, and I'll get into heaven? It doesn't help. You can, be the, you can be the greatest person in the world and not have a relationship with Jesus, and you will not go to heaven, right? We know that. We see that in the Gospels. So the judgment is based on faith and not on works. We say, well, well pastor, how do you know that? Well, Ephesians chapter 2 tells us this in verse 8. Paul says, God saved you by his grace. By his what? Grace. What is grace? It's undeserved favor. He saved us by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. All right? So it says that this grace, this salvation is by grace. But here's the deal. We are supposed to do something with the grace we've received. And that's the difference in this chapter. We see that Jesus says, you responded to grace and then you what? You acted it out. You did something with it. Look at what James says in James chapter 2. This is the brother of Jesus, all right? I love James. He's really flat and tells it how it is. He says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you have faith but don't what? Show it by your actions. Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing. You say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothes. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now, some may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. This echoes exactly what Jesus says here. You saw me hungry and you gave me something to eat. You saw me naked, you gave me some clothes. You saw me thirsty and gave me something to drink. You came and visited me in jail. So, guys, here's the deal. Here's the whole point of this whole passage. Jesus says, you need to be 
saved. You need to be forgiven for your sins and have a relationship with me. And then you need to do what? Show it by the way that you live. You need to show it by the way that you live. We need to show the world that we're Christians by the way that we live our lives. So people out there at Walmart or at school or on our football team or on our basketball team or wherever we're in our workplace, they should know that we are believers by the way we what? Live our lives. We're supposed to live different. We're supposed to live differently so they can see that. Because, guys, it isn't normal to go out and give someone water when they're thirsty. It isn't normal to take your neighbor food when they have surgery. That's not normal. That's what? That's living out our relationship with Christ, doing the things he cares for. So this judgment determines our location. So he says there are two possible locations. He says the king will say to those on his right, those who responded to salvation, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Heaven is where we're supposed to go. Heaven is where Jesus created us to be with him forever. But he says if we don't respond to his salvation, we don't respond to his grace, then he says the other place, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. The place prepared for the devil and his angels. Guys, none of us, no one on earth is meant to go to hell. Right? No one is intended to go there. Jesus intends everyone to be with him because he wants us all to respond to grace. So it's not the amount of good works we do that get us into heaven. Guys, it's not being a good enough person because, I'll be honest with you, we can't. (laughs) We have this sinful nature inside of us, right? We see that come out all the time. Well, we were there on the streets. We, had away, we were giving away cookies, and they were raffling off a $20 bill. And I said, who cares about a $20 bill? Well, if you're homeless, a $20 bill is a big deal. So this lady didn't win. She got mad and flipped over the table with cookies on it. Of course, then the other homeless people said, how dare you? And they started attacking her. We said, no, no, don't beat her, don't beat her, don't beat her. Um, you know, we showed the other cheek. But it's that sinful nature. Have you ever tried to take a cookie away from a two-year-old? You're trying to take a cookie away from a 20-year-old, right? I mean, it, our sinful nature rises up pretty quick, doesn't it? You ever got passed over for a promotion at work? What happens? That sinful nature rises up pretty quick, doesn't it? Somebody cuts you off in traffic, right? It pops up pretty quick. So we realize that none of us can do this on our own. So then the biggest thing we see here, guys, is the importance of response to grace. When we give our lives to Christ, he changes us. And we understand that salvation is not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. When I give my heart to Jesus, when I ask him to forgive my sins, I start a what? Relationship with him. And that relationship is meant to be walked out. That relationship is meant to change my life and change the way that I act. So we're supposed to do something with this forgiveness. And that's what Jesus was telling in the parable of the talents. We've all been given gifts and abilities, right? Some of us can sing. Some of us can't. Some of us can get up and speak in front of people. Some of us can't. Some of us can serve others. We can all do that, right? Some of us can show more mercy than others. Some of us can do different things. And whatever that ability you have, we're expected to do something with it to respond to that grace. We're supposed to use it to advance 
that. We're expected to prove our faith by our actions. And that's what James says. He says, I will show you my faith by my what? Works, by my good deeds. We're supposed to show it. So in this passage, giving water to the hungry or to the thirsty, giving food to the hungry, giving clothes to those that don't have it, those don't get you into heaven, but those prove that you're headed to heaven. Does that make sense? The way that I live my life proves to people that I'm a Christian. Because I don't know about you guys, have you ever met someone? And then they say, oh yeah, I go to church. And you say, really? <laughs> you don't act like it. Yeah, I mean, and none of us are going to be perfect. But we're all supposed to be different. None of us are going to be perfect, but we're all supposed to live differently. We're supposed to act out this faith that we have by our actions, by our works. We're all expected to take this salvation, this forgiveness that we've been given, and do something with it. And that's the point of this passage. Jesus says, if you're going to live this life out, do something with it. Find a way to serve, because a faith that's not lived out is an unproductive faith. If I don't walk out this faith, I'm not doing anything with it, and I'm wasting time. And guys, there are people all around us who need Jesus. There are people all around us that need to hear about him. And guys, the best way to tell somebody about Jesus is to serve them. The best way to have an opportunity to share Jesus with somebody is by being kind to them, by showing mercy to them, right? I can tell my neighbor, hey, Jesus loves you, but if I take fried chicken with me, it sounds a lot better, right? If I take cookies to them, it opens doors. If in the snow we go over and we blow off their sidewalk for them, they're a lot more apt to listen to me talk about Jesus. Because why? They see something different in me. They see something different in you. If you turn the other cheek instead of getting revenge on them when they do something, that shows something different in your life. And guys, they're watching. Your neighbors, the kids you interact with at school, the people in your workplace, they're watching to see how you live your life. They want to know that you live differently. They want to know that your marriage looks different than theirs. They want to know that your family looks different than theirs. The way you treat your kids is different than they do. They want to know that there's something to this thing. And believe me, they are watching. Because the minute you slip up, you're going to hear about it, right? I thought you were a Christian. I thought you were different. Now, please understand, I'm not saying you have to be perfect because you can't be. I can't be. None of us can be perfect, but we're all expected to do the work. So the principles of mercy that we see in this passage, mercy is sharing the love that you have. Mercy is expected of Christians. It's not just a great idea. It's something that Jesus expects of us. He wants us to go out and do something. And so he said, when you, ever, when you go, sheep, all of us, when you go and you do something for the least of these, he said, you're doing it to who? To him. So guys, when your neighbor's sick and you take them a meal, when that person at work is going through a divorce and you take them out to lunch and listen to their story, you're doing that for Jesus. And he said, mercy shown to others is directed towards Christ. 
That's why I said, go to the least of these. Go to these who can't pay you back. Go to those that, that can't do something else for you. And I'll tell you guys, on this trip, I asked God, Lord, would you soften my heart? Because I'll be honest, Cindy can tell you, Kenny can tell you, we get so many phone calls. I need rent. I need food. I need my car out of impound. We get that a lot. You know, I, I need this. I need this. And a lot of them will drive up in a brand new SUV. <laughs> and I need money for rent. Well, sell your car. You know, I mean, it's, and so we get a little jaded sometimes. And I said, Lord, would you soften my heart? And he did that this week. He showed me that there are people all around us. And it was funny because we would go out and we'd say, hey, I don't know you from a hole in the wall, but can I talk to you about, can I pray for you? Yeah, absolutely. There are so many people around us that are open because they want to see something different. They want to live different. We had a guy show up. I'm not going to get into a lot of detail, but we had a person show up, and they said, the pastor said, I can't believe this person showed up at church. It would take a move of God to get this person in church, and they showed up. And they responded to the altar call that Kresha gave. They came up and prayed. And the pastor afterwards said, this is the most dangerous man in this city. And it was a big city. (laughs) So this is a dangerous person. They showed up because people showed them mercy. Guys, there are people that live next door to you, that work next to you, that need to hear about Jesus. And just wearing a t-shirt that says Jesus or a hat that says Jesus isn't going to do it. What do they need to see? They need to see action. They need to see you live differently. They need to see that you care about them. And then you share Jesus with them. Because, you know, back in the 70s, Billy Graham could show up in town, throw a crusade, and thousands of people showed up. Because they trusted Christians back then. But guess what? They don't trust us anymore. They've seen too many fall. They've seen too many people say, yeah, I'm a Christian, and not live different. So today, to get that opportunity to speak into someone's life, we have to earn it. And we earn it by mercy. So mercy proves our faith to the outside world. In John chapter 13, Jesus told his disciples, our love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. So guys, your love to those people in Lexington, Loomis, Holdridge, Gothenburg, wherever we live, Colorado, our love for others proves to them that we have a relationship with Jesus. And that's the point of this parable, guys. Jesus is challenging us and, and this isn't a parable. I slipped up there. Jesus has been ter- telling parables all up to this point. Then he just starts straight out teaching. I'm telling you plainly, you're supposed to love others. I'm telling you plainly, you're supposed to take this forgiveness that you've been given and do something with it to further the kingdom. Somebody asked the worship team to come up today. So if you're physically able, would you stand this morning? Those of you at home, if you're not driving, would you stand right where you're at? If you're driving, keep driving. But if you're at home, would you stand? We want to pray this morning. And I'm going to make this really, really simple. I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes and and shut yourself in and say, Lord, do I need to do better? at doing something with what you've given me. So, Father, all around this room, all over the world, at home, online, God, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts today. 
And that, Lord, you would show us the people we can respond to in mercy. Lord, would you show us the things we can do with what you've given us? Because, Lord, we understand you've given us all gifts. You've given us all abilities. And we want to respond appropriately to that. So, Jesus, would you help us to share with others your love and your mercy and the things you've done in our lives? And, Lord, I know standing on a table in the lunchroom and preaching is probably not going to do anything, do a lot. But sharing a cold drink or sharing a meal or just listening, responding in mercy when we could respond in judgment, Lord, that's going to show a lot. So would you help us today to see the people that are around us every single day and respond in mercy? So they're head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you say, you know, God's really shown me some things I could do. God's shown me that I could do better at living different. I could do better at responding to others in mercy and in love. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right where you're at? I just want to do better. I want to respond in mercy. Guys, if you have a need this morning, I'm going to invite you to come up and pray. You can ask prayer. If you want to respond, you say, you know, God, I really want to do better, and I want to show up by an action. I'm just going to invite you to come up to the front. We're just going to pray together as they sing this last song. So, Father, would you help us to respond appropriately? Lord, for all those that raise their hand, God, would you help us to respond in love and in mercy and take this forgiveness we've been given and do something with it? In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to sing one more song. If you want to respond, you say, you know, I want to come up. I want to pray about this. I'm going to invite you to come up to the front. If you have a need, you can come up to the front. Someone will meet you up here and pray with you.